0: better best, never let it rest, until the good becomes better, and the better
1: becomes best. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Craig and Jonah here. So uh little housekeeping matters here. And then I got some, uh, I got some big news. All right. I'm going to drop on Jonah. So uh, uh, a couple things. So we've had a lot of new subscribers recently and I don't, I, I sometimes I assume people know things that they, that they don't necessarily know. So depending on where you consume this, um, our primary channel is the YouTube channel. That's, And that's where we're getting the most growth at. And we will continue to uh, put out content on YouTube. But we also have just the audio side, Spotify, Apple, all those kinds of things. Um, For people that, uh, you know, maybe want to listen to us when you're, um, you know, in the car or at the gym or on your way to confession or something like that. (laughs) Uh, you could pop us in, uh, just find us on app, you know, Apple podcast, Spotify, those things. So, uh, in case people weren't aware of that option, uh, wanted to highlight that and vice versa. If you didn't know we we were on YouTube, if you want to be able to look at my ugly face, uh, you can hop on over on YouTube and see that. And imagine mine. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) And every so often he'll stick a finger in the screen so you can start (laughs) to do your forensic analysis. (laughs) Um, so uh, a couple things coming up uh we're we're close to launching a Mastermind, which is gonna be once a month, maybe twice a month just because some people can do can only do early early in the morning and some people can only do later. So I'm thinking uh we'll do like one Thursday morning a month and maybe we'll do like a Sunday evening or something like that. Uh, the, more of a closed session for guys or ladies, I guess, um, to get in and maybe talk about more detailed, specific, uh, things that maybe aren't, uh, even suitable for you and I to talk about on the show. So I uh, wanted to, uh, remind people of that watch for those details and I'll let you, we'll let you know how to get into that if you want to. Um, so, uh, I'm not sh- I think this episode will come out before, Episode, uh, what is it? 186. Thomas Pelega. Uh, we interviewed Thomas this weekend. I found Thomas over on uh, Catholic Twitter, and uh, the best word I can use to describe Thomas is a Catholic instigator. <laughs> I, I, I like that because I'm kind of an instigator myself, but maybe not to the same degree. We had a really, really good conversation with him, and I think. We're going to have that come out either this coming Sunday or maybe the next Sunday evening at our regular scheduled time. And, uh, and we may premiere it so that uh, he'll be available to comment and that I'll be there and maybe Jonah will be there as well. So stay tuned for that. Um, we have, um, so we have the uh, episode 200 is sort of approaching it's really crazy how quickly it com- uh, comes up. I remember we were all excited at, at episode 100. Uh, and in, in actuality, the topic that we were going to do on episode 100, we kind of didn't because of a confluence of circumstances. Um, but I think episode 200 is going to be the time. And we're going to really confront this topic of, uh, of other acts, other Catholic acts. Uh, if you've been following the show for a while... You know what we're talking about. If not, I'll actually I'm actually gonna play a, a clip here in a little bit. Um, the reason why I'm telling you now is this. Um, in 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 my opinion, this could be the most critical moral issue for for married Catholics. Uh, in terms of those that are uh, well, especially those that are using NFP and having to abstain and all that kind of stuff. To me, this is the uh, th- this is a critical issue that determines a level of difficulty <laughs> of this lifestyle. In our previous segment, we did something, I uh, was the
0: uncharted Catholic news, but one thing that blew my mind was the percentage of Catholics that mm-hmm. use NFP. I couldn't believe it was only 4%. I didn't know I was in such a minori- minority.
1: Well, <clears throat> it is kind of amazing because you think of the amount of anguish that we put ourselves through trying to comply and realize yeah, we're in a small minority to start with. Extremely small. I had no idea. I thought
0: for sure it was like 30%. I don't know. That would have been my guess. Yeah, and think that's based on the parish that we go to, and there's a lot of large families, and so you're kind of skewed based on that. But
1: and, and then I and I forget, was that was that self-identifying Catholics or actual uh, practicing Catholics? I can't remember.
0: I think it was a study by Notre Dame.
1: I believe that when we interviewed Thomas, and if you watch his episode, I think he says this. I think he actually said that 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 same figure of actual regular catholic mass attendance so not even just so if you expand the the population to anyone that that considers themselves catholic and maybe goes to mass irregularly uh, christmas and easter that four percent's even smaller yeah that's, much smaller that's true um and uh, well i have some theories as to why that is <laughs> Why so few people do it, which is actually kind of one of the reasons why we have this show, because we recognize some of the difficulties and also I think maybe some of the just bad communication or bad information out there, potentially bad information. Um, And uh, so, uh yeah, so, so stay tuned for episode 200. Other acts, uh, if you have questions that you would like us to take up, Send those to us, leave a comment below, go up to the link tree and email us. If you have um, suggestions on guests, I have a few feelers out uh, for potential guests that we could interview either at that time or as part of that. Um, hopefully they don't spend too much time looking around the channel and uh, politely decline. They'll bail. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we're in that... Uh, We've we've had some pretty good guests in the past, but I think we were un- unknown enough at that point in time; they didn't yeah. know what they yeah. were. But uh, we will we will treat people with respect, and we have genuine curiosity about this issue. So uh, stay tuned for that. Actually, uh, we got some very. I think I forwarded these on to you. I got some very very lengthy emails mm-hmm. from a listener from New Zealand, I believe, mm-hmm. which is cool. Yeah, that's cool um who get who has done and I and I think she, I think she's not even maybe recently Catholic not married but has just a profound even a more profound interest in this stuff than you and I do hard to believe hard to believe and I invited her on the show so far she's declined I think mostly logistic reasons but uh we can make that work even if you and I have to come here in the middle of the night I thought you were gonna say that's the big news nope
0: (laughs) well i i would have been pretty excited for that too
1: get ready all right Ah! so so uh, so anyway um uh that was really and we're going to use some of that stuff and not to sound too conspiratorial but we have gotten stuff that we were sworn to secrecy not necessarily content it's true though but the but the source uh of uh information was it's almost
0: like the x files were like an envelope just shows up on Mulder's desk
1: more or less
0: that's basically what it was
1: more or less and it has to do with this other x uh issue so we're uh excited maybe we shouldn't be excited maybe we should be scared but we're gonna take take this on in episode 200 in uh, very authentic uncharted Catholic man fashion. All right. So stay tuned for that. All right. Don't be looking at the board over there. Okay. All right. Can... So, uh, so I asked Jonah today uh, this morning. I said, "What are you doing at four o'clock today?" He's like, yeah, "I'm working around." I said, like, "Well, I so so I am scheduled to talk to the um, Happy Housewife or Happy Catholic, Happy what? Wife. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> the happy oh, wife school or whatever I set that up uh so i i went out to um I, I went to try and find her contact information to see if we could get her on the show or get some feedback and i went onto her website and booked a calendar call with her and i said right away here's what i'm doing i apologize i didn't see an email address but i'd like to I'd really like to talk. We love your content and we'd love to talk to you about maybe coming on the show. She hasn't told me not to come on yet, so I'm scheduled to get on with her at 4 o'clock. I'm hoping it'll be just kind of a introductory call and maybe mm-hmm. we can set something up. But if she wants to say, okay, we could talk for 30 minutes, I'm going to be ready to rock and roll and record. All right. So. Well, that's awesome. Keep your fingers crossed. Yeah. So, that, Well, that's great. That would be awesome. Huh? Yeah. You don't know unless you ask. Like, I think uh i'm sure there's people out there thinking man i would love to get on the show but these guys are just so famous and popular now <laughs> we can make time for you yep we can make time for anybody yeah we we you know the paparazzi paparazzi doesn't chase us around too much yeah so uh but you know uh, people are accessible that's how we got uh talked to adam lane smith a while ago yeah a lot long yeah you just never know mm-hmm. they will Well, send out an invite to the Pope Francis. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, have him
0: break down on him. Yeah. Gosh, Alfrady. Well, it'd be interesting to know his thoughts.
1: I'm sure there would be... uh... I'm sure he's got thoughts. But he does. Uh, He he may actually share them. He might. Yeah. Yeah. For better or for worse, he may share his thoughts. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Well, that's exciting news. Yeah. So, we'll see. I mean, uh, I hope it doesn't turn out to be a big letdown, but... Uh, I checked my email this morning and I'm still on her calendar and I got the reminder yesterday, so Hmm. fingers crossed if we could get her on, that would be really cool. That'd be awesome. Yeah. So anyway, um,
0: check out her YouTube page. Happy wife school. Yeah.
1: She's, uh, she's not an old account, uh, but she's just blowing up and, uh, this is truthful. (laughs) It's truthful. And I know one of our, um. Uh one of the people that has commented um said basically is I love her content, but I'm scared to share it with my wife. And I think it's yeah, that's, that's pretty much the sentiment, I think. Yeah. I'm sure she gets that asset all the time, but I'd like to see maybe we could do a video with her. Yeah. And get her on, or maybe uh, maybe I can uh, get my wife to do a video talking about it. I don't know, something mm-hmm. something to grease the skids a little bit for communication.
0: Yeah. Yeah, her message is important. Yeah, you know, even if it's only partially true, yeah. it's important. I mean, I think it's, I think it's, it, it seems valid from my experience, yeah, but
1: I think it is uh, certainly worthy of consideration and discussion, mm-hmm. definitely. So, uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, hopefully, I didn't uh, get us all, all excited for nothing, but <laughs> wouldn't be the first time, it wouldn't be, the, <laughs> it won't be the last for sure won't be the last for sure. Yeah. Um so since we have a few minutes left, I do want to uh, I I do want to tease out and cue us up for episode uh 200 on this other X progress. And and so what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to play a short clip, Well, not short, a few minute long of our dear uh other podcasting friend. Um and she had on uh, Dr. Sarah Bartell, who is a Catholic moral theologian, married. Um, and I actually sent her a message to see if we could get her on. Um, she has not responded yet, uh, but I wanted to play part of um, part of this. We can maybe comment a little bit, but but really to kind of set the stage for what what Jonah and I want to talk about uh, on episode 200. So I'm gonna so just listen up here.
2: The question is, is it okay when, when we're avoiding pregnancy and we're during a time of abstinence, is it okay to bring the woman to orgasm without bringing the man to orgasm?
3: Right. And so, I mean, and outside of full intercourse, right? Exactly. Outside of full intercourse. Okay. So we're talking about stimulating her, whether it's manually orally in a way it's pleasurable for her to the, all the way to the point of orgasm. and. Mm-hmm. So, or at well, all? No, right? Right. I'm just going to say oh, <laughs> clearly, right. <laughs> right from the start, it's <laughs> not. And the reason is, so we know that's not pro.
1: If you didn't catch that, she said it's not. It's not okay, mm-hmm. is what she said. Now she's going to go on and explain why she said why she thinks that's true.
3: Creative, right? First of all, because, right? We can check that one off. Right, <laughs> and neither is it truly unitive because it is her, you know, she's, well, first of all, by it not being procreative, you've separated the procreative and unitive aspects of sexuality, which are, as Juani Vite says, intrinsically integrated. Mm-hmm. They are meant to go together. So here we are just using the pleasurable aspect of.
0: I would say there's some unity there. That's the, that's the part where I struggle with that. Mm-hmm. There's some unity. It's not like she's by herself
1: well it's, it's inter- a shared experience it's interesting because i don't remember which she- is important for bonding. yeah well and i've he- i was on um uh, i think it was a catholic answers thing or something recently on the same issue and it was the same topic and same kind of explanation and i can't remember if she gets goes back into it here um or not but uh She says, well, first of all, she says it separates the unitive from the procreative. But then she says it's not even really unitive. And so I'm like, well, is it unitive or not? Like, if it's not unitive, how are you separating the unitive from procreative? It's almost like you haven't even combined the the, the two things that make the glue or you haven't combined the water with the cement to make the concrete. Like, they kind of want to have it both ways. I feel like there's unity in some, at least some, yeah, you know,
0: amount there. Yeah, yeah, but and, and I. So that's just and maybe you know you don't always say things right in the moment.
1: Yeah, but but any person I I've, I've heard talk about this always likes to say and oh by the way it's not it's not unitive either. Well, okay. Well, that well, it's not solo either yeah <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah yeah so uh maybe we'll play just a little bit more here right. but I think th- this is the this is the topic that I really want people to be thinking about uh praying about uh, sending you know either either send us some feedback in advance questions you'd like to have if there's articles out there good clips you think would be worthy us of us discussing or if or if you want to come on for the the premiere but this is the topic we're going to be addressing head on
3: sexuality outside of the the purpose of procreation and sex is not just for making babies it is also for bonding the couple but in this case it's really doing neither except possibly as you were saying you could some people could make the argument that it's pleasurable as well for the man to give the pleasure to the woman and and, you know bring her to, to orgasm but but what it's it's really the act of you know bringing her to climax is it it's separating that from a bodily union of the Mm -hmm. two and i guess it'd just be more of like a mental pleasure for him anyway yes i'm gonna right because draw a clear line and say that is not
1: (laughs) where we're gonna start we're gonna go ahead and start reacting to it but That I think is so so we talk about unitive and procreative, and then they always spring up this issue of pleasure, which Mm -hmm. is secondary, I think. They spend a lot more time worrying about the pleasure component than I do. Mm -hmm. Not that it's not pleasurable, but that's not that's not really the driving factor, I think a lot of the time. Yep. Um but what's interesting is that they they kind of so it's interesting that they're critical of a situation where a, where a husband might bring his wife to orgasm without experiencing orgasm himself. Mm-hmm. Um, like, well, first of all, um, why can't a man do that? Like that? Why does, why can't it be okay for a husband to want something good for his wife, even if he doesn't. get Yeah. It? I mean, it, you know,
0: it at that point, it's not much
1: different than a background. Yeah. You know, like, I mean,
0: yeah. to a certain degree, I know, you right. know, Right. But I don't know. And this is the stuff that I really wrestle with as far as yeah. what is okay and what isn't. And I,
1: what I what I find fascinating about the whole cat the Catholic atmosphere out there that addresses this issue is that um uh, the language they use and the emphasis they, they take is different than I would. Mm-hmm. And I would also say that uh, my 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 impression is that those that can that confront this issue tend to be women out there. Uh, Christopher West, notwithstanding, but I kind of put him in his own little category. <laughs> in his own category. <laughs> um, and I see, I see the differences between men and women reflected in in their reactions or, or or opinions on this topic that that i would have as a as a non-theologian a... yeah it's not... <laughs> someone with just basic reason and common sense
3: <laughs>
1: so uh i'm gonna play a few more minutes and
3: acceptable you know use of our sexuality right, right. And I, and I think something
2: important to think about when you're thinking about that question of is this respecting the unitive aspect is that there's two parts to mm-hmm. that question. There is the objective uniting of bodies. And so this is why things like IVF are not okay. You know, unitive has that ob- of the two bodies to come together. But then there is also a subjective unity that happens in, you know, head and heart when the bodies unite objectively. And so, yeah, so what, what Sarah is saying is that act, while it may be in some way head and heart unifying because of the pleasure and, and enjoyment and things like that, it is not bodily unified. Now let's let's take that to the next.
0: There's probably some touching going on. Well, unless like they're a Jedi, maybe.
1: Well, but but I think it's interesting that that she says that when she is also a very very strong advocate, which I I support, of women being able to have orgasm before or after intercourse, but separated from it. It's hmm. <clears throat> a fair point as well. I mean, uh, there's just, I just see conflict. Well, well, so, that's
0: too much legalism.
1: Yeah. And, and I think that's the one point I really want to emphasize is um, is I'm not saying that stuff isn't valid and isn't necessary and, and is even wrong necessarily, but there is a, a, a disconnect between that kind of stuff, that legalism, and I think the real, the lived experience, the the, re- and that's kind of, kind of gets back to you know if there's one thing that we 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 like to say about ourselves is we're authentic. Mm-hmm. We we talk about the real experience, um, and what she is saying there differs greatly, I think, from most of our own personal experiences. And it it sort of reminds me of what we will be talking about if if that episode comes out after this one, the the one with Thomas Pelega. But what do we do with the fact that, let's say, like the like the quote you you know figure you had what is it, four uh, percent of Catholics? So I just did the math. So that affects maybe two
0: million people in yeah. the U.S. Which is larger than I also. (laughs) I mean, there's like 76 million Catholics. Yeah. yeah. 60 and 70 million.
1: I mean, the vast majority of of Catholics are not using natural family planning in the first place. So they're
0: not too worried about this stuff.
1: Yeah. But even within the natural family planning community, uh, I don't (laughs) think there's very many that that can... uh, uh, regularly and perfectly follow all the tittles of the law.
0: Yeah, I would I would like to know that.
1: I, guess. I see a lot of... Uh, and if good... it was
0: self-reported, yeah. you couldn't really trust that.
1: Yeah. I see a lot of good Catholic uh, NFP using people in the confession lines, and I'm not saying this is the only reason they're there, but... Uh, good chance. Uh, it's part of it. Yeah. And, you know, going I... to confession is great, so yeah. you can't yeah. fault them for that. Yeah, yeah. again, this, this is not to say that the... points are making are wrong necessarily but i think i think it requires us to at least examine why the actual experience of of so many people is is different from the quote-unquote black letter law or the you know the objective and subjective and, and all that kind of stuff like i don't know and that brings up a point
0: that thomas pelagium made, which will be coming up uh, just about how jesus said that his yoke is easy and man like that was a really good point and something that i really wrestled with you know like because this part of being catholic is extremely difficult well <clears throat> yeah i mean and so do you think like when jesus was teaching the guys he's like you know don't be touching yourself you only do it this one way good luck to you You know, or like, do you think it was, do you think that the message of Jesus when he was talking to people that were considered sinners by the time was come to me, you know, and just repent and say, you're sorry, and you'll have eternal life, you know, and live your life properly, you know, the best you can in the best way you can without being scrupulous, you know, like because the scrupulosity that comes from these teachings is, is worse than probably other things that make you scrupulous. I don't know. Well, like because you it, basically because the church teaching is that you do it this way and if you fall short of it you're in real trouble.
1: Yeah, I mean, I my impression and maybe this is just based on a Hallmark version of Jesus is that sure. he was far he, he wasn't the legalism the, the, he wasn't the legalistic type. Um he was he was specifically kind of in conflict with the Pharisees.
0: Who were the legalistic type,
1: and and uh, Thomas um, makes, I think, a pretty compelling argument that some of the more traditionalist slash conservative uh, voices in the church bear a lot of resemblance to the Pharisees of old, and and I, I can't say Since that he's, he's
0: wrong. Totally wrong. Yeah, I, you know, like you know, <laughs> I just don't think that the good news, what they were supposed to go out and preach, was. Follow this way the best you can, and if you're really lucky, you just might make it. Like, I just don't see that as being the gospel. Yeah. But that is kind of how it's portrayed today. Yeah. You know, like, you have to follow this massive rule book, and if you're lucky, if you die under the right situation, you'll make it.
1: One of my friends on Facebook, who's a traditionalist for sure, uh, posted some tradition, I'm sure he was a traditionalist of some sort, priest offering a critique or criticism of the Pope's letter or guidelines on, on, on blessings for irregular relationships. And I just comment, I said, is he, is this out of curiosity? Is he also in the camp that thinks about less than 10% of Catholics are, are going to make it to heaven or whatever? Yeah. And he's like, well, Craig, what do you, what do you think is the number of people going to heaven, and I didn't respond to him, but if forced to choose, to, to me, universalism, which means that ultimately no one's going to be in hell, seems more plausible to me and consistent with an idea of a loving God than the other extreme that a very small percentage of people are going to get to heaven, and the vast majority of Human human population over time is going to be burning for eternity in hell. I mean, you know that if I have if I forced to choose, I'd say I'm closer on the universalism side of things. Just otherwise, I I I really struggle to make sense of our faith and our notion of God if the uh, more pessimistic approach is more accurate.
0: So then, you know, I, I agree with you as well. But then I read like I think it's Matthew twenty five where he says, uh, you know, but then, you know, on the last day or whatever, people cry out to me and I'll say, I never knew you. You know, so that also like those are that's a
1: tough that's quote. That's in the red letters
0: right there, you know.
1: Well there's uh <laughs> there's red meat for everybody in the God in the in the scripture somewhere it feels like, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah, there is, you know, I, I don't know. So that's, just go to confession and just trust in God. That's all you can do. So I've been reading a lot of near-death experiences lately.
1: Oh, yeah, and I know you said it, I apologize. No, I,
0: I read a lot of them. And one thing that's interesting is that people who end up in hell, a lot of times when they cry out to God or cry out to Jesus, they're lifted out. Huh. You know, and so it makes you wonder if there isn't an element of despair as far as people that are held there, like, and if they would cry out. I don't know, you know, because then in the Bible it says there's a great chasm between the two and you can't be taken from one area to the next. I don't know. But it's just interesting that in near-death experiences, at least, and most people experience a pleasant, mostly a pleasant scenario where they feel love and, and that sort of thing. But there is a small percentage that uh, experiences hell-like conditions. But um, at least in those near-death experiences, they are typically saved by the hand of God, it seems like.
1: My wife and I, had we were having this kind of a theological discussion here, maybe a few weeks ago on the couch. Um, and uh, so I had been, uh, I had been to mass maybe that night. Um, and uh, a couple that I know, oh, my or my parents age, a little younger than my parents uh, came up to me and said, would you please pray for my husband's brother? He's, he's on his deathbed basically. And he's been away from the church for, most of his adult life pray for a deathbed conversion that happened to one of his other brothers and this and that. And um, I was talking to my wife about that. And I said, you know, I, I struggle to understand how one person, like God is willing to deliver one person from eternal suffering because they were fortunate enough to have someone else pray for them, or whatever, or mm-hmm. or God said, yeah, someone prayed for your deathbed conversion, so I'm going to give it to you. But eh, no one prayed for your your deathbed conversion, so you're gonna you're gonna spend eternity in hell. I, as a person, I struggle to un- to make sense of that.
0: And I think you just have to trust in a merciful God because God is merciful. And you look at the good thief. You know, he was a, the. Most publicized deathbed conversion, probably. And uh, Mm -hmm. Jesus told him he'd be in paradise. So, I mean, you know, it's that's the stuff where, you know, it's good to wrestle with that, and it's easy to see the traditional point of view at times. But it's not always, I don't know, it's a struggle.
1: Well, I think the challenge is that for those that had, are, let's say, unwittingly pharisaical in nature, it's difficult, number one, to realize you're in that space, and, and number two, it's difficult to um, talk to those people or, or change their minds because they, they more or less have the letter of the law on their side, but what they're missing is the spirit of the law, I think. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when you're someone that has the quote unquote truth on my side it can create a sense of I don't know, entitlement is the right word but a superiority ser- yeah like okay well like the Pharisees yeah
0: I mean they were living according to the letter of the law
1: yeah and um you know so it's it's harder to argue or criticize someone who's technically correct mm-hmm. <laughs> as opposed to just preaching something that's Clearly heretical or something mm-hmm. like we do, <laughs> right? We just ask questions. We don't preach heresy, <laughs> right? But you know, it's really hard to to uh, I'd say uh, argue with someone who can point to to facts or scripture scripture references or church doctrine or this mm-hmm. saint's writings and explain to them how they still they're missing the boat here. Mm-hmm. I don't know.
0: I don't know. I don't know. And that goes back to the question of whether or not we're supposed to just suffer through life and the suffering is what gets us salvation eventually, or if you're supposed to live happily and attract go. people to the faith. Like, I think those two things are kind of somewhat exclusive.
1: Yeah. And I still, I still struggle with that because uh, when things and things have been really, really good. <laughs> and I think those of us that are, are, or were, once were <laughs> traditional Catholics uh we become uh worried and skeptical when things are going well because we associate suffering
0: yeah. <laughs> with our faith yeah and i don't know i don't know what's right so i don't know other than trusting in god's mercy that's all you can do
1: yeah yeah so i think i think if everyone put just more more emphasis and confidence on God's mercy and just a little less on the letter of the law. On the letter of the law. Because people's circumstances definitely create,
0: you know, areas where it isn't black and white necessarily. Mm-hmm. And that isn't taken into account. It's difficult to take that into account. Mm-hmm. But it's easy to judge people when you don't understand their circumstances either.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's one thing my wife really tells our kids a lot is, you know, when you're when you see someone doing something that's, let's say, quote unquote, objectively wrong, reminding them that you don't know their heart, you don't know their circumstances, you don't know how much knowledge and consent they have to, for it to be a mortal sin. Mm-hmm. Kind of going back to the person that jumps out of the top of a burning building scenario, like. Um, and I'm sure the traditionalists would accuse us of being too soft. lax, soft or whatever. Maybe we are. I don't know. I, I'm just, uh, I'm just kind of telling what I, more how I feel than how I think about things. Mm-hmm. So yeah. anyway, so that's, uh, that's, that's, uh, that's the issue. Uh, I think that is, I think that is the critical issue, um, and the other the other issue, not to, to to we'll want to wrap things up. But the other issue that I think is deserving of of another further discussion is something that Thomas and we talked about is how many Catholics uh, lose the faith, so to speak, in their teenage years. And one of the at least he he says, and I suspect this could be true, one of the major, Factors that causes young people to lose the faith is when they start struggling with things like masturbation and porn and can't overcome it, can become despairing or whatever and and lose the faith. Um, I kind of had those those mm-hmm. sort of spiritual struggles much later in life, but I can relate to that. And so I think one of the things that would be worthy of of consideration is how do we talk to our young people. Yeah, how do we how do we do our best to to get them through that that difficult transition in life? So you're married and you don't have to worry about it anymore. Yeah, <laughs> just get to
2: your wedding day, boys, and you'll never
1: have to think about this stuff again.
0: Yeah, right. If you're thinking of being a priest, consider it more maybe. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So uh, anyway, well uh stay tuned for that i think these are really really important issues and i suspect these are the the kinds of things that that are attracting people to this channel and uh, we welcome comments uh emails whatever positive or negative or negative yep the algorithm doesn't care one way or another nor do we so anyway well that was uh that was good so stay tuned everyone uh thank you uh jonah for that you bet thank you thanks for listening everyone and until next time everyone bye have a good one
2: what